Hello, and welcome back to Pastoral Parsha. I'm Michelle Friedman, Chair of Pastoral Counseling at YCT Rabbinical School. And I'm Hody Nemus, a second-year rabbinical student also at YCT. And in each episode of this podcast, we explore psychological insights gleaned from the Torah reading of the week. This week, we're in Parshat Balak, and the theme that we're going to talk about today is the relationship of humans and the natural world and why we have such a difficult time focusing in on this. Parsha Balak is the story of a Moabite king and his great fear of Israel's rising power. He hires a local sorcerer wise man, Bilam, to curse the nation of Israel. But of course, the plan really fails miserably. Bilam ends up blessing the people instead of cursing them. And what's remarkable about this Torah portion is that it's the first time, really since Genesis, one of the only times in the Torah that we have a narrative perspective change. That is, the Torah leaves the main action, which is what's happening with the children of Israel, and takes us hundreds of miles away to where, uh, where Bilam lives and shows us what he's doing, what he's thinking. And then we encounter a further shift of perspective, and that happens when Bilam's donkey is able to see an angel standing in front of, in front of the donkey while Bilam is riding on its back, and the donkey stops, and Bilam gets very angry. He can't see this angel, and starts to whip his donkey. And it says that God opened the uh, opened the donkey's mouth. She, the donkey, said to Bilam, "What have I done to you that you have beaten me these three times?" Bilam said to the donkey, You have made a mockery of me. If I had a sword with me, I'd kill you. The donkey replied to Bilam, Look, I am the donkey that you have been riding all along until this day. Have I been in the habit of doing thus to you? And he answered, No. And I think in that moment, Michelle, we see a, an opportunity for Bilam to suddenly recognize that the, the world around him the natural world, the animal world, has agency and that has its own inner life. And uh, the donkey is not just his property, just an inanimate object. Actually, the donkey is its own agent. Right. So we're going to use this as an opportunity to jump off into a really fascinating point, which is today in 2019, where climate change and environmental concerns are seemingly everywhere in the media, what is it that makes it so hard for us to take these concerns seriously? Mm. Why isn't this a number one priority of the Jewish people, and especially maybe the Torah literate Jewish people? In fact, it seems to be a pretty low priority. So let's spend some time today thinking about this. Maybe you could start off us off, Hody by just reviewing some of the really key issues in climate change today. So to review for those who are not up to date on their, uh, their climatology, the, uh, the basics of climate science is that as sunlight enters the atmosphere and is re-emitted as heat, it, uh, some of that heat is trapped by our atmosphere. 
As we've been adding carbon dioxide to the atmosphere by burning gasoline, other fossil fuels, we've been making our planet hotter, slowly but surely. At this point, scientists think that, they don't just think, they know that carbon dioxide is being released into the atmosphere faster than at any time in the last 66 million years. And the impacts are going to be profound for human life in terms of not just heat waves, but starvation, drought, uh, stronger storms of the kinds we've been seeing recently. So we are facing what the National Academy of Sciences and many others have, have described as a unique and overwhelming threat to the survival of the human species. So, Hody, why do you think people have such a hard time accepting this? I mean, a lot of people say, well, are we really causing climate change? I mean, you just said yourself before, 66 million years ago, it was tropical and there were dinosaurs. Well, there's no more dinosaurs because of the ice age. Was that caused by humans? Was that caused by environmental pollution? So you'll hear this claim a lot, um, especially from people on the, the more conservative end of the political spectrum. They'll argue that, you know, there are natural cycles in the world and we're just caught in another natural cycle. But the truth, unfortunately, I wish that were the case, the, the truth is that for the people who are experts on climate, who have studied it, 98% of climate scientists, of those people, say that actually the climate is changing and we, humans, are causing it, and that if we don't do something soon, the, uh, the impacts will be, will be devastating. And certainly there are natural cycles, it's just that the amount of CO2, carbon dioxide, that we've been putting into the atmosphere has totally overridden any natural cycle. All right, so even going with that this is true, we Jews are a small people. So don't we have more pressing things to worry about? Shouldn't we be putting our emphasis, let's say, on Israel? So you'll hear this also often, and, uh, and particularly in the Orthodox community from which we hail. And uh, it, it is true that we all have concerns about things that we care about or that our community cares about. But actually, this, this issue is so big that it will sort of make irrelevant any, any other issue we care about. Uh, and that's because if we don't change our pollution arc now, the amount of pollution we're, we're emitting, we're looking at millions of people dying over the next century. And we're looking at massive geopolitical uh, and civilizational changes. So let's say we, we deeply care about Israel. We're a, our, Israel is our number one issue. It's, this is going to affect Israel. The Negev is supposed to uh, move about 200 kilometers to the north, which would wipe out the greenery of central Israel. Just totally gone. Uh, and unfortunately, drought and uh, heat is starting to destabilize Israel's neighbors. Uh, scientists think that the Syrian revolution actually was partially caused by a massive drought that drove um, 1.5 million people into, into Syria's cities from the countryside. And finally, Climate change, even if you don't care about people around the world, which I would suggest you should, climate change is going to affect Jewish communities directly, even outside of Israel. Detroit. You know, as you talk about this, it feels so overwhelming. And I know I've heard people say, oh, you know, people are smart, we'll figure it out. But I'm kind of getting a feeling like it's hopeless. Is it too late? It's a great question, Michelle. It's not too late. And that's the good news. Uh, every, all the scientists, or, or most of the scientists you'll talk to will say it is not too late to, to, uh, to change our path. And that's because we're dealing with molecules of carbon dioxide. So every molecule that we keep in the ground, every uh, gallon of gas that we don't burn, 
uh, every solar panel we put up, that's moving us a little closer to slowing down climate change. On an individual or on a small community level, what can we do? What can make a difference? That is an important issue for us to address. You know, the Jewish community is small. It's only about one or two percent of the American population, but we have a lot of, uh, we have a lot of buildings. We have certainly some political power in places where we might live. And, you know, we also pollute a lot. Uh, some some back-of-the-envelope numbers that we, we drew up uh, at an environmental organization I worked for estimated that the Jewish community emits in America emits about 86.9 million metric tons of carbon dioxide a year. So, Michelle, if we were yeah, a country... What does that translate into? Yeah, so, if we were a country, that's a carbon footprint that would be greater than than the carbon footprint of 119 nations. That means we as a, we as a Jewish American community, we are likely emitting more carbon dioxide than countries like Ireland, Hungary, New Zealand, uh, Sweden, and uh, and that's a real problem. But that means that we have actually immense power to change our synagogues, our JCCs, our schools to go in and look for ways of uh, lowering our energy use, of perhaps using renewable energy. And the great thing is that actually saves these cash-strapped organizations, it often saves them money. Hmm. I, would, I would encourage people to uh, look up the Chazon Seal of Sustainability, which is a national sort of Jewish seal of uh, good housekeeping for sustainability. Any other organizations or resources that you would suggest interested listeners could go look up on their web? I'd also, yeah, I'd suggest um, looking up the Jewish Earth Alliance and the Jewish Climate Action Network. Um, I help run the Jewish Climate Action Network of New York City, as a disclaimer, and uh, those groups are actually doing, in some ways, what's the most impactful thing that an individual can do. And do you know what that is? What is it? Political action, lobbying, talking to your legislators, um, and because our government has a real role to play, I think. And, uh, and so just as an example, here in New York State, the Jewish Climate Action Network of New York City mobilized for the past three years to try to pass a bill uh, that would move New York towards 100% renewable energy. And that bill just passed. Uh, and that's a great achievement. And, and actually, individuals make a huge difference in that. If you show up at your state representative's office and say, this matters to me, it can certainly have an impact. So I think that's another takeaway from our Parsha, which is maybe this is taking place like a totally different narrative perspective. We've really shifted away from the main storyline, but it's kind of about the power of one, you know, the one insight. And a lot of that insight comes from an encounter with a donkey. And I think that donkey today, Bilam's donkey, in a way, is, is, uh, is, is opening its mouth. The earth is opening its mouth and asking us, are we going to do what it, what it takes? Will we listen? Yes, let's listen.